Lee and Daniel here, welcoming you to the Probably Bad Podcast. I'd like to thank our patrons Scribbles and Carlo, as well as Mesriel, for the bribe. Hello, welcome to the Probably Bad Podcast, a podcast which is definitely bad. I'm Pencil. I'm Paper. And today's Probably Bad RPG idea is... We're making your mutants and mastermind characters. Spend your 150 points on 150 incredibly specific immunities. Horseshoe crabs, dubstep, one specific hammer, attacks preceded by you overcooked my salmon, the Probably Bad RPG idea admins... I think it is very important that you give your characters immunity to us specifically before next year. I mean, both of us run games a lot, so we could yeah. come up. Statistic, like, so I started running, I went from running one game to running two games over the last month, and if this continues, statistically, I will be running a game for every human being in the planet within a few years. Although I've stopped running two games in the past couple of months because I now work full-time. So I feel like we've, we've kind of balanced out there. Yeah, uh, maybe just get immunity to mod pencil. Which is more specific and therefore closer to the idea. Yeah. I like the immunity to horseshoe crabs. Mm. Because... Personally, I already consider myself immune to horseshoe crabs. What are they going to do to me? Sadly, I consider myself extremely vulnerable to horseshoe crabs. No, are you immune? <laughs> I am immune to horseshoe crabs. Every few days, they attack me and steal my pennies. <laughs> you work so hard for those pennies. <laughs> Every day, I go down to podcast mines, and when I leave, horseshoe crabs attack me. They can horseshoe crab. Like, they have, like, a spiky tail, but I don't know if that's actually enough to harm a person. Like, I have to assume if you stepped on them, it would hurt. Yeah. Maybe it means, like, socially immune. Like, if a horseshoe crab starts insulting you, you won't get upset. You just don't understand why the internet loves horseshoe crabs so much. Yeah. You're immune to the appeal of horseshoe crabs. That makes sense. Yeah. So this power, it sort of gives me the vibe of um, the this looks like a job for Aquaman thing, where you have a character with very specific power and you need to keep contriving reasons for it to come up. Mm -hmm. Like, oh no, the horseshoe crabs are attacking the, the um, club with all the dubstep playing. Who can possibly help us? <laughs> and I like, I do like the idea of a game where you each have a very specific power. And whenever something something comes up, you need to find a way to justify how that power will help. I think there's something there. That feels like a fun challenge for the person running the Mutants and Masterminds yeah. game. I don't know what their weird name for the, the DM is. Super GM. So yeah, it sounds like a fun challenge for the Super GM. Yeah, like, you give your DM, yeah, this is my character's very specific power. And, like, the premise is, you know all the main superheroes have been stopping all the other things because they have real powers like super strength rather than your ability to make dogs stand on their hind legs. Um, so you have to defend the dubstep club from horseshoe crabs 
while Superman fights Godzilla in the background. Yeah. And, like, it's just the one scenario where all of your problems are immediately relevant. It's like, yeah, okay, you guys go fix this. <laughs> Superman decides to let you save the day because he feels sorry for you. Maybe your superhero interns. I realise this is a little bit sky high, but mm. what if your superhero interns and you have to start off from the very base level powers where you're immune to one specific hammer and as you work your way up, you'll develop your powers until eventually you're just invulnerable. Mm. Uh, yeah, like, because I assume this is like an... um. Like, I assume mechanically you, you go up to more, more like, general immunities. But like, if you get, every time you level up, you just spend it on more and more specific immunities, and eventually you end up with, like, a boulder thing where, like, the one thing you forgot to give yourself an immunity is used against you. I love this. Like, you just have, like, by the end of it, you have 6,000 immunities. And people are just struggling to find the things you forgot to give yourself immunities to to stab you in the face with. Ironically, being stabbed in the face is one of the things you forgot to give yourself an immunity to. It's a thing though, isn't it? People talk about Boulder's immunity far more than mm. they talk about his immunities. Yeah, like no one, no one tells the legends of all the type things I threw at Boulder's face and they didn't hurt him. At most, that's like a sentence in telling the story of the time he was mune. Yeah. Like, I like the idea of, like, the inverse of this, of you have to assassinate this person with all these immunities. Fuck it, it mm. could be Boulder, but, like, he's found, um, he got an immunity to mistletoe this time. <laughs> thought you were going to say, but he's found Jesus. <laughs> he's, found, he's found Jesus. Surprise. This has been um, entirely a conversion-based RPG. The doors are locked. Here's your pamphlet. Um, Very 13th century. I love it. But yeah, he's found a way to protect himself from mistletoe this time. And you want to kill him. And you need to sort of find out what the one thing that he's immune to is. And you can do that by, like, investigation. Or you can do that by brute force trial and error. And strap him down, throw <laughs> everything you can get your hands on at him. Like, one of them's got to do something about Yeah, statistically, right? he's got to be vulnerable to one of these things, I say, as I run through a grocery store, stealing everything and hurling it at the face of a Norse god. Weirdly enough, it's actually horseshoe crabs. <laughs> horseshoe crab. But I realise this, I'm throwing it, but I imagine a horseshoe crab pulling out a little knife. Okay, I'm now thinking. Mm. The story of Boulder is, like, medieval at latest, right? Yeah. So surely the things that promise not to hurt him doesn't include, like, iPhones. Boulder comes back and is like, I am indestructible, and then someone hits him down with a Tesla. Oh, you weren't immune to that, were you? <laughs> I'd like to That's not the intonation I was going for. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I'm not quite sure what emotion that signified. I guess I would be emotionally conflicted if A, I had to have a Tesla, and B, I had to use that Tesla to run down God. 
just very disappointed in him for not being immune to being run over by a Tesla. I'm not immune to being run over by a Tesla, as far as I know. I believed in you, Bolter. <laughs> there's, I mean, there's an RPG called Children of Fire. It's a very, like, niche one. And in that one, angels are vulnerable to machines on the grounds that technically they're not part of God's creation, they're part of man's creation. And I like that as a concept. Angel like shows that. up and you throw an iPad at their face. How far could you take that? Because, like, things ferment in the wild. Hmm. But beer doesn't appear. So can angels get drunk on beer but not on wine? Maybe. Like, I'd like the idea... So I feel like you've still got a spectrum. On the one hand, you know, only things with no analogue in nature work. And then on the other hand, if you chip at a piece of flint, it is now a flint tool rather than a stone and you can stab the angel Gabriel to death with it. Death by micro death. <laughs> Anything that has been altered by humans in any way. Ah, so if it's archaeology, you can kill an angel, is what you're saying. Yeah. This is the importance of an archaeology degree. Yeah. <laughs> like... don't, don't fuck with me. <laughs> Unless you're not a powerful angel of the law, in which case you're probably fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going back to the actual idea. Yeah, going, going away from discussions on mythological implication of Teslas. You can also hit down an angel with a Tesla because a Tesla is a sin. <laughs> That's true. I do think... Because if you're spending your points, all of your points on immunities as well, mm. that means you don't have any actual powers. No, it means you don't even have any actual skills. You just can't get hurt by very specific things. Yeah. You literally do not know how to do anything, but... You are very hard to kill. Or at least very annoying to kill. You just sit on the floor while people throw <laughs> random shit at you and hope it's not one of the 150 things so they can finally be rid of you. I like the idea of a completely indestructible hero whose thing is they go to where the criminal is doing their evil acts and just stands in the door so they can't leave. I mean, wasn't there a Marvel character who was basically a sentient brick wall? I feel like this is that. There is, yeah. He, I mean, he is a sentient brick wall. They can team up. I want to, you have one character who's immune to 150 specific, specific immunities and a second character who's immune to everything the first character isn't. I would rather be the second character. Yeah, Given same. the choice of 150 things or everything else. Like, there's way more than 300 things. <laughs> Please send in a list of the number of things so we can successfully determine which character does better. Are you, are you suggesting there's a chance there are fewer than 300 things? I mean, yeah. Like, this, is, this goes into philosophy degree. There's a bunch of really weird definitions. Maybe there's only one thing. Or possibly physics. How many elements are there? Yeah. Not 300, I'm pretty sure. How many elements are there? I want to say 100 and something teen? There is, according to Google, neither of us are as big nerds as we make out, apparently. How many elements are there? 100 and... yeah, 118. I am exactly as big of a nerd as I make out. Yeah, well done. <laughs> so, like, I mean, like, cause the thing is, you know, if you're immune to a certain number of elements, like, some of them are much more convenient to be immune to than others. 
like being immune to carbon i would rather be immune to iron than like unanonium yeah like you know being immune to unanonium is just useless what the fuck dude um, although i like the idea of being immune to radium yeah i think it'd be so useful so da, 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 i now have a copy of the periodic table in front of me we do research for this podcast which number is iron iron is 26 mm-hmm. so if you're immune to every even numbered element you're immune to helium so your voice won't go squeaky being immune to carbon might make eating difficult yeah you are immune to carbon i guess it depends like like this also leads to the other question of immunity of like to what extent is it immunity? Like, does it have to be physically harming you? Does it can it not interact with you at all? That is a good point. Like, what what is the dictionary definition definition of immunity? Is it you can't be affected by it at all, or it, you just can't be affected by it? This is involving a lot of um, research here. <laughs> Uh, not subject to an obligation imposed on others is the first one. So you're immune if a horseshoe crab tries to sue you. Um, you make a contract with a horseshoe crab, you can just throw that out the window. <laughs> I am immune to being uh, compelled in a court of law if the defendant is a horseshoe crab. <laughs> I'm making that a trait of my next RPG character. It's not going to affect anything, but cannot be subpoenaed by horseshoe crabs. Uh, not affected by a given influence seems the most relevant uh, definition. Okay, so that would cause problems with the whole yeah food thing. I am just immune to food. Not to is oxygen food. even or odd? This feels important. Well, that is important. Oxygen, oxygen is even. I'm afraid. <laughs> no so... food. No breathing. So you will immediately starve and asphyxiate, uh, but you will be immune if someone tries to hit you with a neon sign. Not to the sign itself. But... Yeah, not to the sign itself. Like, so we hit by the glass. Will we still be hit by the glass? Glass is silicon, right? Mm. Oh, you will be immune to silicon. Oh, yeah, that's, you're fine then if someone hits you with a neon sign. Yeah, you're also immune to yeah, you're also immune to Krypton, which I think super means Superman can't bully you. My, so I feel like we should probably go to questions soon, but I just remembered from the superhero wiki, uh, my favourite power I've ever heard, which is immunity to being loved. It is impossible for people to form positive opinions about you. Oh no. <laughs> which feels like it's not a power. I don't think that's a power. That's a curse. Yeah, don't worry. It is literally impossible for people not to want to punch me in the face. Like. Actually, yeah, Prometheans from the World of Darkness do that. That's their thing. So, you know, you, every idea is made into a game by someone. So our first question is anonymous, and it is, what's the best use for a portable hole? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So I I thought about that, but a portable hole doesn't make like a hole all the way through a wall. It's just a hole into a void. Hmm. So you you could hide in it, 
as long as you'd left an air hole, but you couldn't do that with it. I mean, you could stick your dick in the void, but I guess it wouldn't accomplish very much. No, but also I am now thinking um, portable glory hole mm. as just a, a first item. Wizards make it so. Um, okay, so the hole is six feet wide and ten feet deep, and it doesn't, like, go through anything. Could you wrap it around yourself so that any missiles headed towards you just end up in the hole? Like, you could wear it as a mask, I guess. It's six foot wide. I'm sticking with wrap it around yourself like a yeah, blanket that's, or a cloak. Yeah, important question. Does it have to be, like, flattened out? Or can it be, like, twisted? Because, like, the statement... I don't think it says. You can use an action to unfold a portable hole and place it on or against a solid surface. Which doesn't specify either way. My body is a solid surface. Yeah. Can confirm. Mine isn't. Can confirm. Yeah, so you could definitely, like, I think you could wrap it around a ball, and if you could wrap it around a ball and make the entire ball a hole, well, hey, you could wrap it around a person. Like, what you could do is wear it as a t-shirt and wear, like, you know, a, well, I mean, I guess it would have to be a dress or something. But yeah, wear, like, again, six foot. Yeah, and then wear, like, another dress over that and fill it with snacks or something so that when it's you need the something... the ultimate pocket! Yeah, when you need something, you just lift up, like, you know, the, the real clothing, reach in, pull out your snack, eat it. You wouldn't even have to lift up the real clothing, though. You could just put slits in it. Oh, yeah. I think we've invented pockets, but... <laughs> but it's one giant pocket that you wear over your whole body. Yeah, you could... And it is... And it doesn't weigh anything, um... Sorry, I, my brain broke trying to remember how to work out the volume of a cylinder, but it's big. Yeah, six feet by ten feet is... it's a lot of snacks. Yeah. Um, you can put breathing creatures in it, as long as you don't close it. So you could, theoretically, friends. enter the cinema with just a fuckton of ferrets, and every <laughs> time someone talks in a movie, you release a ferret. I feel like that might lead to more talking, and then you've just got exponential ferrets. Yeah, I feel like... The, I think the issue is the ferrets might want to leave the hole. <laughs> if you train the ferrets... Well, this is why you wear quite a slim-fitting cat suit over the hole. Yeah. So the ferrets can only get out if you pull them out of the pocket. That makes sense. You can fill them with babies. Technically, you could fill the portable hole with babies. To what end? Like, okay, so I have no idea why this sprang to mind. But like, a Santa Claus for babies? Like, you go up to someone like, Merry Christmas, you've got a baby now, and then take a baby out and give it to them. And then you leave, and you keep doing that. I think you're describing my new children's book, The Stalk That Got Fired. If you want to be fired from your role as a magical baby-giving stork... <laughs> so there you go. I don't think that's the best answer, but it's certainly an answer. Like, I think the clothing... Like, I think the other thing you could do... Mm -hmm. The one thing you could do that might actually be useful, as opposed to 
incredibly weird is you have a box like a normal box and you have the portable hole in like the top lid of the box and there's like a latch to sort of let it fall down so depending on whether you click the latch it either opens into the real box or it opens into the portable hole so you can have the box being like full of something innocuous like ferrets or babies um and then when someone investigates they only find out but then if you click the latch then they can find what you're actually carrying you could combine it with the spell create water for an instant pool party could like okay. six foot is not a big pool but if you're adventuring in a desert it'd be pretty great well, yeah, I mean, I guess with Create Water, you can create an instant pool party anywhere. Well, yeah, but the hole provides the container for the water. Because otherwise you're just creating a big puddle. Is a pool not just a big puddle? Discuss. I I, I could see the argument for a pool as a, a deep puddle. Hmm. I think so. Okay. So I've got some good good ideas, and I feel only good ideas, like I haven't found any problems with any of the ideas we've come up with. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, because um, I definitely think the main thing is, like, involves wrapping it around things. You could wrap it around a ball and then throw the ball at people, and they'll be stuck in the hole. Like, it would have to be a big ball, but, you know, you're the D&D character, you've probably got strength in the 20s or something. Since the surface of the ball would then also be the top and bottom of the hole, could you then pass through the ball? Because you That's would just be going into the hole and Actually, a fair point. If you wrapped it around things... If you um, wrap it around a horseshoe crab. Yeah, if you wrap it around a horseshoe crab, you can now drop ferrets through the horseshoe crab. How is the fun for all the family? <laughs> so there you go. I hope we've solved the um solved your question. I'm just imagining a six by ten pole full of ferrets. Like you could create that and then push your enemies into it. That's so many ferrets. Yeah. Where are you getting all these ferrets? So, um like there is like the magical item is just a bag of creatures. But it only contains one of each creature, doesn't it? I thought it was you get a random one every time you every time you reach in. Um more research. Oh yeah, I'm thinking of the the drawing cards ones. So I guess you could you could get hmm. you could get a is it a bag of tricks? It's a bag of tricks. You could get one that was all ferrets. It does say it can't be used again until the next dawn. But you know, you've got time. Yeah. Like, okay, so the list of creatures you can get from it, a weasel, which I'm counting as a ferret, rats, badgers, boars, panthers, giant badgers, dire wolves, and elks. So this is going to be a really interesting hole to push someone into. I mean, that's only one of the kinds of bag yeah, of Yeah, that's, the, that's well. the, like, weakest one. The strongest one, the hole will contain jackals, apes, baboons, axe beaks, black bears, Giant weasels, giant hyenas, and tigers. I like that baboons are counted separately from other apes. Yeah, they're, they're you know, their own cool thing. Technically speaking, a baboon is a species of horseshoe crab. 
So our next question. Oh, uh, it, sorry. A... Baboons are monkeys, not apes. So it's fine and normal to have them separate. They're actually as mentioned a species of horseshoe crab. Yeah. As all monkeys are. Yeah. The second question is also anonymous. What evil D&D monster would make the best babysitter? Oh, golly. Like, I think this depends a lot on what your criteria for a best babysitter is. Yeah, like, do you want the kid quiet, entertained, or safe? You can have two out of three. <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of monsters that would make the child quiet quite permanently. Mmm. Like, so if you have a devil, they could make, like, a contract with the child to go to bed on time and stuff in exchange for, I don't know, this Actually, is think... how you get baby warlocks. Yeah, <laughs> that's your backstory. You were give, you were like had a demon as a babysitter, and they granted you the ability to cast Eldritch Blast in exchange for going to bed on time. And, and then I you like destroyed that. Destroyed your bedroom with Eldritch Blasts. So I like that because it implies that even now, when you're in your thirties, you still have to go to bed at seven as part of the contract with the devil. I mean. I've seen worse things suggested for the floor on the character sheet. Yeah. Like, I think... Like, a beholder would make a child... Would, would be able to make a child quiet without killing them. They might do it by turning them to stone, which is near enough. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, so I feel like... Let me think. Okay, so weird question... Weird, weird suggestion... A lich, because a lich, A, gets a boost in charisma, quite a significant one. Mm-hmm, good so persuading good, like, children. Yeah, and a teen child. Has magical powers. Entertainment. Is very clever, so it can, like, you know, entertain the child. Mm-hmm. Uh, and worst comes to worst, has a paralyzing touch. For putting the child in time out. Yeah. It's also the most human-looking, yeah. I think, the evil... Like, it looks like a very creepy human, but it looks like a human. It's the, it's the most human-looking evil thing that isn't just a guy who is evil, mm. which I think would help with fear in the child. Yeah. I think a drow would also do reasonably well. Like, they tend to be quite, like, manipulative, so I feel they'd be good at that, and they also look human. Well, yeah, I mean, a drow is just an elf. Hmm. For fun, a goblin. Your house will not be standing at the end of it, but your child will have had a great time. But yeah, I am settling on a lich. Like, 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 because, hmm. If you had a lich whose phylactery was like one of those children's, like, Tonka toys, they're nearly indestructible anyway. Hmm. So the child could be playing with that. And the lich will be taking care of them. I think you'd have to catch the lich in a good mood, though. Yeah, I mean, I feel that's just the case with all of these. I don't know, like, I feel like a goblin would agree to babysit your kids just to kind of see what would happen. Whereas a lich would agree to babysit your kid because they want to take the child's soul. Yeah, I think, like, yeah, I think the best case scenario is the lich wants to raise the child as their protege. Have we considered a demi-lich? Yeah. Because they've uh, already fucked up the soul-gathering thing. Yeah. But they still have most of the lich powers, just at a lower level. Hmm. Also, because they're a school, the child can use them as a toy. Yeah. 
just a really weird football. A mimic might work too. A mimic that takes the form of the child's parent. Yeah, doppelganger. Actually, doppelganger works. They will just pretend to be the parent. Or that that slime that the pretends to be people. Hmm. Me. Don't remember what it's called. Like anything that can shapeshift would work. Yeah, because surely the ideal babysitter is one that the kid doesn't even realize is a babysitter. That's an interesting view of babysitting. <laughs> the ideal babysitter is one where the child is unaware there is a babysitter. By which standard, invisible stalker. The child believes they've been left home alone to have fun, but whenever they try and do something that's against the rules, it just inexplicably fails. No, I was thinking more um, an oblex. That's the slime thing. Ah. Um, like, you say, oh, I'm just popping to the car. And then the Oblex comes in pretending to be you. And the kids are like, oh, my parent is back. I should act like I always do around my parents. Hmm. Remember, the ideal babysitting is where you convince your child you have never left them alone for an entirety of their life. What could possibly go wrong? Mind flayer in that they don't babysit the child, but do edit their memories when you return so they think they were babysat. And also edit your memories to think you agreed to pay more than you did. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, as far as you remember, the Mind Flayer was amazing. Yeah, the Mind Flayer would be the best babysitter in that you would think they had done the best job. Yeah, um, I think was possibly straying into some slightly bizarre definitions of a babysitter. Yeah, shall, shall we maybe end there? And on that note of being mind-controlled, uh, you can subscribe to our Patreon. You can. It's at patreon.com slash probablybadrpgideas. Um, if you have a question or a suggestion or other things ending in estrogen, indigestion, I don't know your life, um, you can email probablybadpodcast at gmail.com or message us on Tumblr or Twitter, which is probablybadrpgideas and badprobably, respectively. And Tell people about the podcast, please, because... We're so lonely. I mean, I was just thinking more, it would be cool to get some more listeners. But yeah, um, and I don't think we've ever actually said, leave us a review or a rating or tell someone to listen, because we think it's a fun podcast. You probably think it's a fun podcast. And, and remember, remember to have a probably, probably bad, bad day. day.